Welcome to the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast, where we will take your faith and the powerful Word of God and make them as practical and relevant to your job, home, and hobbies as your favorite pair of blue jeans are on a Saturday. I'm Kevin Brownlee. Thank you for joining me. This is episode 11, and we're going to talk again about how to be more like Jesus. We talked about that a couple episodes ago. I hope you were able to work on some of those things that we suggested, and I'll give you some more this time. But first, what did he do fun this week? Well, let's see. We're mostly getting ready to go south for the winter. Yeah, my wife and I are snowbirds. We we don't go as far th- south as a lot of people do. We're not old enough to go to Arizona or Florida or South Texas. <laughs> We're not that old. But we go to South Utah, and that's a fun place to go because we can mountain bike, we can hike, and do some wonderful sightseeing. Uh, God's creation is amazing. In that area, he put some extra time in. <laughs> We're going to be spending the month of November in Moab, which is the premier place to go mountain biking. And I'm going to bring my new-to-me side-by-side so my wife and I can do some exploring while sitting down for a change. Hiking is fantastic there also. And I have been asked to fill the pulpit at the Community Church of Moab. So maybe you can join me there if you're in the area. My wife and I both work in our RV when we go south for the winter. And I had been just working at the little kitchen table. I did that last winter. But we have an area that has a hide-a-bed that we don't use. We have two hide-a-beds. One of them... I took out, and I bought a 3068 holocore door, stained it to match the RV, and put that in that area where that hide-a-bed was. So now I have a desk, and it actually has some drawers and some shelves, and it's just really, really going to work out great. So I'm looking forward to getting to use that instead of sitting at the kitchen table, which means you have to take all your stuff down every time you want to eat. So I don't have to do that this time. So I've been working on that this week, which has been fun. I love working on things like that. Hopefully you do too. Speaking of working on things, hopefully you have been working on how to be like Jesus. And today I'm going to give you a few more things to work on. One of the things that is really interesting is looking at what Jesus's ministry was here on earth. And what does it mean to do ministry? And are we to do ministry also? I think we are, and we can do that wherever God has planted us, wherever he's put us, whether that's in our job, whether that's with our families, we can make a ministry out of where God has us. So what does it mean to do the ministry of Jesus? Well, you can't be like Jesus if you aren't doing the things Jesus did. No, you probably can't heal the paraplegic or give sight to someone who's blind from birth. But he can do many of the other things that Jesus did. Making wine comes to mind, which I did here in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> well, actually, Jesus turned water into wine. I don't think we can do that. Only Jesus could do that. Which you can read about that in John chapter 2. But I was at the store picking out flowers for my wife a few years ago with her. And I'm kind of walking around pushing the cart. That's my job, pushing the cart. (laughs) 
while she was picking out flowers. And I noticed there's some great bushes over there in the side of at the flower store. And I walked over and looked at it, and it said that they're great for table grapes and winemaking, and they're for Zone 4, which is where we are in Montana. I got a great idea. So I bought some of them and planted them. And I harvested enough to make about two bottles of wine this time. You know, Jesus turned water into wine. He didn't mix in a Camden tablet and yeast and go through the primary fermentation process and then the secondary fermentation process and then bottle it and cork it. And he didn't buy a corking tool <laughs> like I had to. No, he just spoke. And six stone water jars that held about 20 or 30 gallons each were instantly turned to the best wine they had ever tasted. Now, there are other things, though, that we can do that are like what Jesus did. So let's look today at what Jesus himself said was his ministry and his purpose, what his purpose was here on earth. In John chapter 13, Jesus said, Blessed are those who follow his example and do what he did. Ephesians 5.1 tells us we're supposed to be imitators of God. 1 Peter 2.21 says that you have been called, because Jesus died for you, to follow in his steps. And 1 John 2.6 says, Whoever abides in Jesus ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. And of course, last time we mentioned Romans 8.29, where God says he conforms us into the image of his son Jesus. And just in case you didn't listen to last time, we talked about Genesis 1.26, where three or four times God says in that passage that we are created in God's image. So let's zero in on what the ministry of Jesus was And then I'll give us some examples of how we can do what he did. Because we're supposed to be like him and walk as he walked and do what he did. We'll go to Luke chapter 4, verses 17 through 21. This is when Jesus was somewhat early on in his ministry. He went back to where he grew up in Nazareth and he went into the temple. And he was handed a part of the Bible, which was a scroll, and he read from it. And he then sat down and said what he just read was his purpose and why he was there. So here's what it says. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him, probably with their mouth open. (laughs) And he began to say to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. You glorify God by being an image of Jesus through practicing the attributes in that passage. Let's look at that. The first one that he had mentioned, or that he read there, 
was, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. You have the Holy Spirit to help you and prompt you to be like Jesus. Spirit also means to incorporate a Jesus-like fervor, to adopt the essence of, which would be the essence of the Lord, or in the same frame of mind as Jesus. That's what in the Spirit means. When I was in high school, we always had a spirit rally right before homecoming. That term spirit is similar. Um, The spirit rally was to get everybody on the same page and all fired up to accomplish a goal. It's kind of like that. Or if somebody was really working hard at accomplishing something where they're really focused on it and doing a great job, people say, that's the spirit So that's some of the meanings that the word spirit is. When the spirit of the Lord is upon you, you have that fervor or that drive or that on the same page as God. The next one that Jesus read was to preach the gospel to the poor. You can do that. The gospel is the good news. The good news that Jesus came and died for your sins so that you can be righteous before God and enjoy living with him forever. And you can do that to those who are both monetarily and spiritually poor. The next one that Jesus read was, He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. You can find ways to heal or help recover the brokenhearted. Do you know someone that's brokenhearted? What do you think of when you think of brokenhearted? Maybe someone has lost a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a spouse. Maybe they've lost a loved one. Can you help them recover from that? Maybe it's just sitting with them or bringing over some meals or helping them find a new girlfriend. (laughs) How about if you know somebody that has an opening And you tell that person who recently lost their job. Maybe you can help them find a new job. And so on. You can help ease that which is broken in their heart, even if it's just to empathize with them. Just give them a call and say, How you doing, bro? Is there anything I can do for you, man? Something like that. The next one that Jesus read is to proclaim liberty to the captives. What does it mean to be held captive? I think of being held captive by maybe a sin, or maybe fear, or maybe anxieties. How about depression? Or how about being captive by alcoholism? Or some other addiction. Do you know somebody that's being held captive by one of those things? Or more? Again, give them a call and see if you can help them with any of that. But I will tell you this. What does the Bible say can set free a captive? The truth of the Bible. The Bible will set them free. So sit with them and maybe read some passages that have to do with any of those things there. There are passages that address each one of those things that I just said. 
The next one Jesus read in part of his ministry is recovery of sight to the blind. Well, now I know you probably aren't going to be able to make someone see unless you're an optometrist. <laughs> but I'm reminded of the song Amazing Grace, where in the lyrics it says, I once was blind, but now I see. What is he talking about in that song? He's talking about the truth of God, the truth about Jesus. He once was blinded to that, but now he knows what that, what that good news is. You can help people see that, especially if they've been blinded by the world. You can help them see him. And maybe they can see him in you as you work real hard to be the image of Jesus. And then you can help them understand the Bible. Maybe lead them to Christ. The next one that Jesus read is to set at liberty those who are oppressed. How do you set free people that are oppressed? What does that mean, oppressed? It's different than being held captive. Being oppressed is maybe their job has got them pigeonholed into a place where they just can't seem to see their way out of doing that and do something different. Maybe their boss is oppressive. Maybe they're dating someone that's real controlling or oppressive. And you can help them see that. And maybe take a step back and see what it's going to be like in the future if they end up getting married and that just gets worse and turns into a detrimental relationship. Maybe they're oppressed by a huge debt and you can help them control their spending or get out of debt somehow or consolidate their debts. Maybe you can help them with that or at least give them some advice or maybe somebody that would help them with that. Or maybe they're in a legalistic church that's oppressive. Maybe a church that requires doing a bunch of works to be saved instead of relying only on what Jesus did on the cross, which is totally sufficient to be saved. You don't have to do anything. He did it all on the cross. So maybe you can tell them about that. Maybe they have extreme self-centeredness. That's oppressive, especially to others. <laughs> Maybe you can find ways to bring justice to those who have been hurt. Do you know somebody who's been hurt by either a relationship or a past? Maybe you can help them forgive the past that seems to be oppressive on them like a huge weight. Again, the Bible has a lot of passages for how to help people in situations like that. You can help set them free from those oppressions. The next one Jesus said was to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, I thought about that for a while, and here's what I came up with. The acceptable year of the Lord is when Jesus reigns in his kingdom, which is coming in the future. What's his kingdom like? And can we give people a little bit of sampling of what that's going to be like here today? That's certainly going to be acceptable, the acceptable year of the Lord. <laughs> so I started thinking about what is it going to be like in Jesus' kingdom? What's it going to be like to work there? Because, yes, we will be working. We will be working with Jesus reigning from Jerusalem for a thousand years, the Bible says. Now, I'm not going to get into the eschatology of that, at least this time. <laughs> 
But think about what it's going to be like then, where we are free of sin, people love each other unconditionally, there's hope and joy and peace, everyone pays their bills on time, everyone does the best job they possibly can and on time, and you can count on the person next to you to have your back or to do the best job they can do. People always show up to work on time, and they're very friendly to each other. And they talk somewhat often about how awesome Jesus is, and what a great ruler he is. And he's just and fair and true and honest. And how cool that is to have as a leader, (laughs) right? (laughs) Well, we can give people a little bit of a sampling of what that's going to be like, here today, in our jobs today, and at home today. Most of you have been to Baskin-Robbins Ice Cream Shop. And when you go there, they give you this little pink spoon with a sample on it of one of the flavors that you want to try. Or maybe more than one. But whoever received a sample always wanted more. I never knew anybody that took a sample and was like, oh no, I don't like that and walked out the door. No one ever did that, ever. They always wanted more, based on that sample, or another sample. I often think of this analogy when giving people a sampling of the kingdom of God. Show them a little now what it will be like then. How do you do that? Well, you can show them by using, well, how about the fruits of the Spirit from Galatians 5? Having love, joy, peace, Patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Notice which one's listed first. Love. Having love toward others is a good place to start. God's grace and mercy through the work of Jesus allows us to live eternally with him. And that gives us a hope. And maybe something will happen like what, what Peter says is, Have a ready answer for folks who come and ask you about the hope that you have. And when they come and ask you, it's okay to tell them about Jesus and how to repent of their sins and accept him as their Savior and to live for him and to be able to live and work for him in his kingdom when that time comes. Other ways to give people a sampling of what the kingdom is like is to show up to work on time. Give your best effort. Pay your bills on time. And do all of that with a joyous heart and attitude. That's giving them a sampling of what it's going to be like to be in the kingdom. That's how you proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. By being a pink spoon. (laughs) What if your job is meaningless and ordinary? Well, look at this. Is there anything in God's creation that's meaningless and ordinary? I don't think so. Neither should you be. Maybe your job might be, but you don't have to make it that. Rise above that. Elevate the mundane. Give them a pink spoon sampling in your job, even if it's having a better attitude or being like Jesus in your job. David Paulison has one of my favorite quotes. He said, 
you particularly image Christ by looking out for the well-being of those God has placed within your care. Can you do that? Can you promise me you will do that? While having the essence of Jesus and being fired up by, by serving him, maybe preach the good news to people who are monetarily and spiritually poor? Maybe find some way to help recover someone who's brokenhearted, someone who's lost a job or, or lost a loved one. Maybe you can help somebody out of that gripping fear or anxiety or maybe a sin that's got a hold of them. Maybe you can help them out of that. Or how about just help people see Jesus because you're acting like him? Or maybe free the oppressed, someone who's in a detrimental relationship or or a job that maybe you can help them either improve their job, do better, or learn how to do something else, or maybe find a different one. And be a pink spoon. Give people a sampling of what heaven's going to be like, what the kingdom of Christ is going to be like, by acting like that here and now. That's how to do ministry like Jesus did. That's how to be like Jesus. Because that's what Blue Jeans Christians do. 